The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must take a broadcasting from my home studio in downtown Belfont, Pennsylvania, worldwide, as National Intel Report, live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse, any place else you hear or see the show. I'm Peter Seraphine, your host for the next two hours of common sense and constitutional discussion. Um, tonight, we're supposed to have, this is the, uh, what is that, second, third, second, third Thursday of the month, I forget. It's supposed to be Scott Thompson from Right to Bear Insurance, but Scott's not feeling well. So we're going to see if we can't fit him in next week or the week after that, something like that. But he's back every month, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Second Amendment stuff anyway tonight, if we have time. And then in the second hour, we got Soslin no- uh, Demel Temminson, Sos Temminson, who is the uh, the young man we had on before, who, well, he was an orphan in Russia. And he was adopted by Americans and basically smuggled through Georgia. And then uh, he was adopted by a different American family. Well, he just got slapped on the wrist by a college, and I want him to come on and tell us about that story. So he'll be on about 7 o'clock Eastern time. Tonight is Thursday, May 11th, if you're watching or listening live. And you can watch the show on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch is my recommended source, uh, and uh, DLive. But uh, nobody wants to see my face, and we don't have any you know, beautiful guests coming on tonight. So just listen, wherever you are. We... Well, I don't even know where to start here. First, I guess I know where I start. First, I want to tell everybody, you know, I'm a mailman in my full-time regular job. And this Saturday, Saturday the 13th, is the Stamp Out Hunger Food Drive. And if you're not familiar with that, you just leave a bag of food by your mailbox for your mail carrier to pick it up. It is the largest food drive in the country every year. Now, we all know about the Boy Scout food drive. I can't remember the name of it right now, but the Boy Scouts do a pretty good food drive, too. But the, the Stamp Out Hunger food drive done by the Letter Carrier Union. What? A union doing something good? Anyway. Uh, the Stamp Out Hunger food drive by the, by the mail carrier Letter Carrier Union is the largest food drive in the country. And so what they do is they collect the food at your mailbox and they take it to the the local food bank in your area. So it's massive nationwide food drive. So if you are listening to this before Saturday, the uh, 13th of May, put a bag of, of non-perishable food at your mailbox on uh, the 13th of May and help the Stamp Out Hunger Food Drive. I got two big topics I want to talk about in this first hour, if we have time to get to both of them before Sauce comes on in the second hour. Both of them are pretty big in the news right now. 
And one of them that drives me nuts is this discussion about the uh, the national debt limit and raising the debt limit. And the claim that if we don't raise the debt limit, that we're going to default on our debt for the first time ever. All right. I think it's important that we discuss terms and take language back. We all need to take language back from, well, the political nut jobs. Debt versus deficit. The national debt is how much money our country owes. Right? We get that, right? This is, you know, to equate it to you and your house, this is your credit card balance. That's what the national debt is. You're listening to Liberty Lighthouse. Talk radio. Only better. Oops. Hit a sound effect button. My bad. So that's national debt. Deficit is how much our country is short in the annual budget. So Biden constantly says, well, I decreased the deficit by, I don't know, $500 billion or whatever claim he makes. And uh, that may or may not be true, but it doesn't help the debt at all until he is no longer running a deficit. Now, the debt limit is akin to your credit card limit. So saying that not raising the debt limit is going to cause a default on our debt is akin to saying that if I don't get more credit from my credit card company, I'm not going to pay my credit card bill. Right. Now, I'm a constitutional guy. I'm a constitutional originalist. I think that anytime any question of government comes up, the first thing we should do is whip out our handy-dandy copy of the U.S. Constitution and see what it has to say about these things. Now, the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution has a clause that says that the national, actually it says the public debt shall not be questioned. Now, right now, the Biden administration is tossing around this idea that they're going to invoke the 14th Amendment in order to raise the debt limit. That's not how that works, Joe. The public debt clause of the 14th Amendment says we cannot question the national debt. It cannot, we cannot question how much money we already owe. We have to pay the money that's already owed doesn't say that we can't question getting more money, borrowing more money, going further into debt. doesn't say that at all. It doesn't say anything about a debt limit. So I think the uh, 14th Amendment claim by the White House is bogus. I don't think it would work at all. It's... Let's look at this for a second. So let's pretend for a moment that the uh, 
idiots in Washington, D.C. can't figure out a way to raise the national debt limit, which I'd be okay with. That doesn't instantly mean a default. So going back to the Constitution, what are the expenses for our federal government that are constitutionally authorized? Post office, the national defense, and our debt. That's pretty much it. Everything else that our government does is things that they've added that are what I would refer to as extra constitutional. So if we can't raise the debt limit, then it falls on Treasury Secretary to say, well, okay, we get $4 trillion a year. We can't spend more than $4 trillion a year because we can't add to the debt. So first, I have to pay these constitutionally authorized expenses. So money goes into the Treasury or the Fed or wherever it goes, and you pay the payment on the debt, you pay the national defense bills, you pay whatever you got to pay for the post office, even though there's... They're pretty much self-sufficient, other than the COVID payment they got. What's left? So let's pretend for a minute that that's $2 trillion that got spent off to uh, for, for the national debt and the, the military, national defense. What's that leave? That leaves $2 trillion. Oh, but at least $4 trillion worth of bills. Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid foreign aid, Ukrainian BS. I don't know. All the stuff that our federal government gives money to. Department of Education, Department of Transportation, the EPA, the FFA, the, I don't know, whatever. All of it together. $4 trillion worth of bills only got $2 trillion. Well, now the Treasury Secretary's got a decision to make. She either gives everybody half of what they're owed or Somebody says, well, don't pay these people. But the constitutionally authorized things must be paid first. Therefore, the debt will be paid. So any politician who says that not increasing our debt limit will cause a default is either a moron or they're lying. Earlier today in Washington, D.C., another career politician said something really, really stupid. Like every other day, a career politician says something stupid. They think we're stupid. All those people in Washington, especially those that have been there for weeks or years, term term after term, the ones who've never had a job in the private sector, they think we are stupid. They don't think that we can decipher the difference between deficit and debt. They don't think we understand that a debt limit does not cause a default. They say it does, and they assume that we're just going to trust them. I don't know. What do you think about it? 
This is a live call-in show, so phone lines open, 512-248-8252, or 800, (coughs) pardon me, 800-313-9443. Phone lines open, give us a call. What do you think about the national debt and the deficit, the debt limit, and all of that stuff? Before, uh, well, before we move on to the other big topic that I want to talk about. It's time to make George Orwell fiction again. The other big topic I want to get to is immigration. And not whether it's right or wrong. I want to talk about the process. I want to talk about who's responsible for what and uh, who's not doing their job and why aren't they doing their job and all of that kind of stuff. So Congress, the legislative branch of our federal government, they're responsible for writing laws, including immigration law. The executive branch, i.e. the president, He's supposed to enforce the laws as they're written. Now, every president for the last at least 50 years, probably closer to 100 years, has decided that, well, they're going to write laws themselves. They just call them executive orders. And they're going to pick and choose which of the written laws through the legislature they are going to enforce. For example, it is a crime to cross an international border and enter the United States outside of one of the customs-monitored ports of entry. It's a crime. Therefore, the executive branch of government should be enforcing the law and punishing that crime. We all know it can be done, but certain administrations have chosen not to. Many administrations have chosen not to. Let's see what Mike in Kentucky on line one. Mike in Kentucky, welcome to the show. Yeah. I think they uh, they like to scare us with that default stuff, but uh, the whole the whole shooting match is just a rotating credit card, isn't it? They the uh, yeah. they borrow money based on the projected tax revenue. At, at this point, it must be out to something like the great great grandchildren, you know. And so yeah. that forces the economy to continually expand. I mean it. It has to expand in order to be able to continue expanding the debt. And uh, the uh, you end up with lots of fun, I think, things going on with the weird schemes, you know, like pump and dump uh, bubbles in the economy, uh, which also... I think can by destroying money that helps to curb inflation beyond just continually raising taxes. But uh, you're saying that there there was a there's 
the budget has a pretty much a hard limit, supposedly. And if the debt mm-hmm. limit is... The budget should have a hard limit, yeah. but we don't write balanced budgets in this country, and we haven't in, I don't know, decades and decades. We bring in roughly $4 trillion to our federal government every year. But for the last 10 years, our government has spent at least $6 trillion a year. That's a deficit. Right. That's a deficit. And when you run a deficit for too long, well, then you hit your debt limit, your credit limit, and you have to ask for an increase. And that's what they're doing now, which would be the, uh, what is it, the 60th time that it's been done? 78th time? I forget how many. It's a lot. Well, they sell treasury instruments, I guess, certificates, bonds, notes, whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, the Federal Reserve uh, helps to float those or broker those out. I, I heard years ago that they were doing uh, off-market laundering of treasury notes through Belgium or something so that they could help preserve or prop up the value of those treasury notes. And... Uh, Keep them off the open market because, you know, somebody say like France or China or whatever decides, you know, hey, uh, we got to drop about, you know, five hundred million dollars in treasuries or billion. I mean, that would that would uh, that could affect the uh, the value on the open market. So they'll make a deal and do it off the market. And uh, it's hard to know how much of that stuff's going on. Just like it's hard to know how much money. The Pentagon even spans because they can't properly account for it. And, you know, they say they lost it. You know, a lot of people in these reports say that the money was lost. Uh, Mm -hmm. When I think a more accurate term is that it wasn't properly accounted for. And does anybody know what that's up to now? 20-some trillion? What? Uh, The Pentagon? Pentagon? No, I I haven't looked that one up lately. But, yeah, it's it's trillions. Um, And that's, I think that's leverage against... Spending, like, there should be an accountability. If you can't account for this stuff, we're not giving you any more money. Well, they can't meet we're not the accounting gonna... principles. I think it's what it is. They can't meet the standards or accounting principles, so they just fudge the books. There's a guy by the name of Mark Skidmore, uh, Michigan State University, I think, who has uh, utilized a couple of grad students. And uh, there's a webpage called missingmoneysolari.com or something like that. Uh, and some uh, somebody else uh, collaborated with with his, with his findings. They initially looked at HUD and found, and this is that's probably been seven or eight years ago. They found four and a half trillion not properly accounted for just at HUD alone. And then when they went to look at the Pentagon, it's just I don't know. It's just obviously just an estimate. By the time you get to twenty four trillion, but the key thing that he said was it's an existential threat. It's a threat to the existence of the United States. And like I said, that's been seven or eight years ago. Nothing's been done. Uh, right. And it's and it's every year. I mean, they haven't the Pentagon hasn't passed an accounting budget in, in several years in a row. Our national debt is now thirty one point seven trillion dollars. Yeah. And well, that's, that's just that's the, unfathomable. Well, that's just the part that they publicly talk about i mean there's all these unfunded obligations 
right. Like, right. If you so, if you go to it, that is is you know thirty one point seven trillion dollars that's already been spent. Then if you go to the unfunded liabilities portion of it, where you add in the uh, you know like future social security payments and and future Medicaid payments and all that other kind of stuff. Let's see budget deficit. I know it's on this page here someplace. Looking at the usdebtclock.org unfunded debt liabilities. If you add in all of those unfunded liabilities, it goes from 31.7 trillion to 96.1 trillion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. And you mentioned the, the treasury bills, the T bills. Another, you know, basically pyramid scheme that was going on especially lately under this current administration, they're, they're creating treasury bills, which are created by the federal government and said, basically, you know, you give them money and we promise to give you back this money plus interest. Right? That's what a T-bill is. It's like a bigger version of a savings bond. Yeah. Um, but then the government was buying back its own treasury bills that's that seems pretty sketchy to me and they're doing that in an effort to get you know the economy under control well what are they buying it back with more treasury bills right with with more money that they don't have with more money that they created out of thin air well i think that has to do with the fluctuation in the interest rate so if there's a treasury note out there that that is uh, pulling in, or you know, the income from it is something maybe I don't know, four and a half percent. They can buy that back from the Federal Reserve uh, for a, t- a fresh T bill, maybe extend the term instead of a ten year, make it a thirty year, and have the interest rate down at like half a percent or something, so that the long range yeah. cost for that debt is lower. Uh, uh-huh. But that's still you trust. Pitch- do, do you trust our government debt. doing these things? Yeah, just floating more yeah. debt. That's it. But floating uh, more, debt. more and more, more and more. Well, and so why should we, as a people, continue to put money down a down a hole? This just <laughs> you know, we shouldn't. Point, you, at some point, it's a we need to have a balanced budget. Right, we need to have a balanced budget. Government can't be giving. Money to every Tom, Dick, Harry, nonprofit, charity, whatever. They can't be handing money out left and right when we don't have it. They're creating it out of thin air. It does not exist Well, until the, the somebody wor- goes click, 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 click on a keyboard. I think the worry is, is if the government decides it's going to cut back and, and, and really a balanced budget isn't it. They have to really cut back beyond that and, and put oh, yeah. a portion of the budget a much bigger portion into servicing and reducing the debt but the right. the world will see that as a confidence problem oh the america doesn't think think the the, the expansion game is over so they're going to start you know tightening their belt and uh, it's there's a ridiculous amount of foreign aid like you say that just floats around the world and uh while well you know uh people here are homeless and veterans are in the streets and stuff like right. that i mean got the old guns and butters thing where the ridiculous amount that gets spent 
on uh, weapon systems and how much of that even gets made here anymore. I mean, they don't make our own Very, stuff very little. Yeah, so All right. we pay I have that? to let you go, Mike. Okay, thanks. We're about 45 seconds to commercial. Patrick in Texas, please hold on the line. I will bring you back on the other side of the break. But first, I want to tell you about Wellness Company. If you need a doctor, if you need supplements, go to twc.health. Use code Lighthouse. Save yourself a little bit of money and help me out in the process. twc.health. It's break time. Be back in three minutes. You'll have to buy it from our cold dead hands. We want the freedom that God gave us. So you best not cross that line. If you want this gun, you got to come through us and take it. One shot at a time. I'm proud to be partnering with Cedar Mill Fine Firearms. Cedar Mill Fine Firearms does some of the coolest firearms cases you'll find anywhere. Have you ever wanted to carry your AR-15 discreetly? How about a rifle case that looks like a guitar case until you open it up? Go to cedarmillfirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE the next time you're looking for a cleaning kit or a case to carry your firearms. That's cedarmillfirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. You're tuned in to the National Intel Report, the real talk radio show. Hey, welcome back. I'm Peter Serafine, the Thursday host of National Intel Report, live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse, any place else you hear or see me. Um, I want to remind you, free speech is not free. Please support this free speech platform, whatever platform that may it may be that you're watching. If it's Republic Broadcasting Network, go to republicbroadcasting.org and uh, donate or click a sponsor link, do something and help them out. I'm sure you all know well, anytime a network like this one loses their founder, well, there's a there's a little bit of a shakeup that goes on, and well, finances get tight. So, Republic Broadcasting can definitely use your help. Mojo Five O Radio, another network where you can find me. Well, they lost their founder a couple of years ago too, so they could use their help. And of course, I, me, you know, I do this for free, so I'd appreciate your help if you want to help me out. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com. Now, when we left off, we were talking about the national debt, but we also left off with Patrick in Texas on hold on line three. Patrick in Texas, welcome to the show. Yes, uh, Peter. Um, you know, first, uh, you know, the, the FRNs, those Federal Reserve notes, they're like uh, military scripts. And uh, it's like you're yep. in the military, you know, they would give you a piece of paper, you go to the PX, and you can buy something. It's just, it's just a piece of paper. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, our, our money is actually so many ounces of silver. Now, they completely just, you know, made, a, uh, made it where they could just print all they want. But, uh, you know, it's like the, uh, yeah, they, these communists, they have, right after the Civil War, they come over from Europe, you know, with Marx and, the, and all the rest of them. They, they came over here, and uh, they uh, they done the, uh, the Civil War over here. They're very successful. Uh, they created the Act of 1871, which turns this, you know, the nation into a corporation. And the, now our Constitution now is nothing more than corporate bylaws. Uh, it, it says Constitution um, of OF, United States of America. The original was the Constitution for, FOR, the United States of America. 
Something changed oh. there. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, now they they they, uh, they they they're real easy with their money. It's like you know, in the you know what they call in lease. They sent to Russia, according to this Major Jordan's diaries, who actually opened all these attaché cases, and they know they sent they sent two plane loads of, of ink and paper and treasury plates, real plates, to Russia, and five thousand ten thousand dollars denomination. Now they ain't, the, they ain't the last time they did that. They they've been doing that before, and uh, so you know they pulled twenty two trillion dollars in two thousand eight out, and will not tell us what they done with it. These people are criminals. They're international crime gang. Let's get that straight first. Then you know, well, let's yeah. back up. Let's you, Patrick. I love you. You're very passionate. You know, you seem to know your stuff when you're talking, but you move way too fast and you jump from topic to topic, and I I can't keep up with you. And I suspect that most of the listeners can't keep up with you too. So we need to take them one at a time. What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the uh, the Federal Reserve notes? Uh, you know, with your, with that's your what I'm saying. Let's, let's, take let's take them one at a time. So all right. we all call it fiat currency. Do we know where that came from? Do do, do most people out there? What if you call the Federal Reserve note fiat currency? Which I agree with you. Do most people understand what right. that means? And I don't think many do. It no, means money money created by a fiat, by somebody just wishing it to happen, by, by somebody saying, let it be so. And then poof, it right. becomes money. That's what our oh, Federal yeah. Reserve notes are. And that's not real money, because our real money is so many ounces of silver. It's a U.S. dollar. Not these Federal Reserve notes. Now that's that they they've managed, you know, done it all unconstitutionally. Um, and you know, I can say they they just ship those those those. It's their money, you know. And whenever we use it, it just shows that we're okay with what they're doing. And that's their evidence against us. And uh, you know, they um uh, they you know they 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 spent in the Second World War and lend lease. They sent over to Russia, all the Jews over there in Russia, Trotsky and Lenin, actual two plane loads of printing uh, treasury paper and treasury ink. And then they sent uh, the treasury plates, actual U.S. treasury plates. No, actually, they're, they're, they're their plates, they're the Federal Reserve notes. And they, and they can just print all they want. You know, so, I mean, to, to worry about this, I mean, what, what, they, what they can do under the table is just insane. You know, they could just, uh, you know, take it right out of our pocket. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a corporation, and, uh, you know, they, uh, they're not accountable to us. Uh, and people don't know that, you know, that, uh, like I say, the, the Constitution is a, is, a, is a corporate bylaws. You know, that's the Act of 1871. Turned to, we form a body corporate, you know, uh, and, uh, and they're running, uh, you know, under corporate laws. Believe it or not. Um, Okay, look, I've heard that argument before, and I don't agree with it, but I understand where where it comes from, and it does make logical sense. I I get that. But even under corporate laws, you can't go so far into debt that it can't ever be paid back. No, No business can survive the crushing amount of debt that we're in now. So even if they are following corporate laws as the corporation of the United States... They're failing at that too. 
you know, they, you know, of course, you know, Peter, they, you know, they can, they juggle the books. You know, they keep several sets of books. You know, they keep the budget and, and they keep the actual, you know, the uh, the real company, you know, the uh, uh, the uh, the uh, uh, yeah, the actual uh, amount. Of, you know, the, uh, uh, I can't think of the name of it right now. Is that the uh, uh, the actual echo? But uh, so you know, they're, so they're showing us the wrong books. That's how they're doing. They're running two sets of books. Uh, we'll, and they never tell you what the actual you know uh, amount of deficit is. Um, yeah. Um, that's really what I wanted to get to. Is you know, it's like they're, they're they're actually just just uh, sending those plates overseas. There they pulled twenty two trillion dollars, you know, in twenty two in two thousand eight, and sent it overseas and refused to tell us what they were. I mean, and we're worried about you know uh, a little bit of uh, you know a big a trillion here and there. They said twenty two trillion out. You know, we don't know what all they will not tell us. You know, that, what does it matter? What does what they could send out hundred and eighty gazillion. It's worthless. It's it's fiat. It's not worth anything. Why do they have to collect taxes if they can just create money out of thin air? Why is there a debt if they can create money out of thin air? It's all smoke and mirrors. It doesn't make any sense. Good point. Hey, so you know, why don't you just print some more money? You know, it's, it's like yeah, it's, uh, it's like why more republic? I just keep printing, uh, you know, uh, money, and then you know, that's, it'd be, it'd that's be a worthless. That, that's exactly where we're headed. The Weimar Republic or or the fall of the Soviet Union. We're, we're headed in that direction, and we're heading there faster and faster every day. Hey, Patrick, thank you very much. i got to let you go. i got somebody else on the line behind you. Always appreciate your call. Thank you. Moving on, we got Paul in California. Paul, welcome to the show. So I'm not sure that I uh, agree with you when you said that uh, most listeners are not going to follow Patrick, I think that probably by this point, the vast majority of RBN listeners know most of the things he was talking about. There may be times he talks a little quickly, but uh, there's no real problem in following what he was saying. I would like to maybe make a little bit of a distinction. You talked about fiat, which, of course, just means like an, an edict, right? But that's really not the way. I can't, for example, and nobody can really account for uh, you know, how the money comes into being anymore, but essentially it comes into being as bonded indebtedness that the U United States Treasury gives up interest-bearing bonds in exchange for the M1 money supply. So there was and has been a formula that was followed, and of course, uh, at this point, probably all bets are off. Um, what I think Patrick was trying to say more than anything, uh, without really coming out and saying the word, okay, the Jews, is the Jews that were in control of the government and the banking system in this country and the Jews that were in control of the English banking system, in other words, the Bank of England was founded by Jews, they are the ones that essentially funded Russia. They funded not only the Bolshevik Revolution, but they funded communism, and they also funded Russia in their fight against Germany which, of course, we are all now suffering from that defeat, okay? As Patton famously said, we fought the wrong enemy, and, of course, I would add, <clears throat> we defeated the wrong enemy. And so now this communism, which is essentially the other side of the Jewish coin, capitalism on one side, communism on the other, that's what we all now suffer under. 
And you can see quite clearly they are buying the world that they want us to suffer under. In other words, they are paying for and buying all this immigration. They are funding them with food and housing vouchers and who knows what else. They're busing them and flying them everywhere because they're waging a racial war against us. So I thought I might add that little bit of clarity here. You can react if you like. Well, I, I've i always, uh, I don't look at it as, as a racial thing at all. I think I look at it as a liberty and freedom thing. And well, I don't care what somebody. That's an absurd statement. And the reason is this, is this liberty and freedom you speak of is conceptual only. Race exists. Biology exists. Liberty and freedom are concepts, just like communism is a concept. Capitalism is a con- In other words, these are, these are systems that are put in place by people. Okay, so a culture is created by a race. So when you say it's not racial, it's about liberty and freedom, it's nonsense. It's like saying we're fighting evil or we're fighting tyranny. No, we have an enemy. Okay, and I know one time, you may or, not re- may, or may not remember, but one time when I called and you, we had a similar discussion, and you said to me, that King Leonidas, you know, didn't go to Thermopylae because they were Persians. You know, and you implied, of course, it had nothing to do with race. And my response at the time, and it remains the same, is this. Yeah, they did. That's why they went there, because they were aliens. They no. were a different race. They were no, they went there because they were invading. The Spartans Again, and the Greeks went, went there because they yeah. were invading. Not yeah, because we got, they were. You know, there's no Russian. need they to say that. Chinese or Russian or anything else. They're an yeah, invading it's an, force. It's obviously, an invasion. There's no need to speak on that. That goes without saying. But wh- who was invading? It wasn't other Spartans. Okay, right? It was well, okay, Persian. But, so the reason they was met them Spartans, is because they just... were Persian. Do you get it? The reason people object okay. to this if immigration other... Let is me talk too. White. All right, cut him off, Mike. If you're saying that the Spartans would not have gone to Thermopylae to fight off an invasion force of other Greeks, you're a freaking moron. It had it. Yes, they were Persian. Leonidas would have gone there if they were Russian, Ukrainian, Persian, Indian, or other Greeks. They were invading. I understand that there are biological differences between people of different skin colors. I don't believe that there's an inferiority or superiority between us. Some might be better at one thing or not so great at another. That's biology. And I think that, and it's comments like that, that give our side the, oh, right-wing extremist, racist, blah, 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 stigma that means you'll never get anywhere you're never going to win over hearts and minds and win arguments if the first thing you run to is racism it doesn't matter what color their skin are what matters is what's in their hearts and if you go oh well it's all about christianity yeah jesus was a jew and chances are jesus was brown or black Let's be honest. I'm willing to have a rational discussion about these things, but you have to let me talk. It's a conversation. And if it's not going to be a conversation, then don't bother calling.
Thank you very much. Sarah in Oregon, line three. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> after that, after that messiness, you need a little cleanup. The queen is here. <laughs> <laughs> the last caller is full of bunk. Real big bunk. So it makes that caller makes the whole conservative side messy. Really messy. And in closing, please support Spreely Media and Republic Broadcasting. Their help needs you. And also Mojo Five O. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Sarah. And yes, please support all the free speech networks out there, including this one, wherever you're listening from. All right. So I was trying to move on from the national debt and the money stuff into the idea of immigration and naturalization and executive versus legislative in our country as it exists today. So uh, let me take a deep breath, Ooh, tell you about a sponsor, and then we'll make that move across. Uh, let's talk about Romika's designs. It might be too late for you to get mom her laser-engraved, custom-designed Mother's Day gift on Sunday. But you know, Father's Day is next month. And Romika Designs does laser engraving and custom designs of all kinds of products and uh, including like pens and pocket knives and all kinds of really cool stuff. So RomikaDesigns.com R-O-M-I-K-A Designs.com Use code Lighthouse. I'd greatly appreciate it. Facts. Because we don't care about your feelings. All right, so the immigration problem, problem, the immigration problem in the United States has been here for decades, and it's clear that our government does not want it fixed because both sides have had control of all three branches or all three of the power, you know, the House, Senate, and the trifecta, House, Senate, and the presidency, multiple times over the past many decades, and neither side has chosen to fix immigration law. So, what should happen is the president, who is charged with enforcing the laws, should have to enforce the laws as they stand. But they don't. They pick and choose what to enforce when they want to enforce it. I mean, and, it's, and that's not Republican or Democrat either. That's a nonpartisan thing. They both do it. I mean, you could look back at Obama, who deported millions of illegal immigrants, more so than Trump. And then you get to resident Biden, who doesn't seem to deport anybody. I'm sure that's a slight exaggeration, but not much. Now, of course, this is big in the news right now, because as of midnight tonight, COVID is over. <gasps> the national emergency expires at midnight on the, uh, the May 11th, midnight on Thursday. And with that expiration, so expires Title 42, which was the COVID rule that said that we could send people back to Mexico and make them wait in Mexico before letting them cross the southern border. Wait in Mexico while we vet them. Right? So with that going away, everybody's expecting a giant flood of immigration immigration. No, 
It's an invasion. If it was immigration, they would be going through the ports of entry. They would be checking in with a border patrol agent or a customs agent at the place where you're supposed to go. Walking across the border en masse without going through the checkpoint is an invasion. So we've got a president who's allowing the evasion and a Congress who chooses not to clean up immigration law. So my understanding that if the president is refusing to do his job and allowing an invasion, that should be an impeachable offense. But of course, with a Democrat controlled House or Senate, it would never happen. Never make it through. So what we have is a president who uses executive orders and executive policy to decide which of the legislative laws he will or will not enforce. This is a clear violation of the separation of powers. Not to mention, in the Constitution, it says that Congress makes the rules for naturalization, meaning I want to become a citizen. States have the right to defend themselves, as I believe Texas is starting to try to do. They're declaring an invasion and using their National Guard troops and whatever. But, of course, Border Patrol is blocking them. The federal people are not allowing the state people to do the job that the federal people refuse to do. It's a lot like the whole money thing that we talked about in the last half hour. It's just a convoluted mess. And it all goes back to the me as the constitutional originalist. If we all go back to only allowing the federal government to do the things that are listed in the Constitution, it wouldn't be this hard. If we go back to writing laws that the average person can read, none of this would be this hard. Just like the Constitution is, you know, 4,000 words or 4,200 words or something like that. I forget the exact number now. <clears throat> but it's written at a level that any citizen can read and understand. Nothing our government does anymore is like that. And that's a problem. That's a big part of the problem, because in these ginormous, convoluted laws, regardless of what they're supposed to be about, these shysters in Washington can do whatever they want. They can hide stuff in there, wherever they want, whenever they want. Pork barrel stuff, the favor for my district, the, oh, let's raise the debt limit, all can just be hidden inside of other bills. But yet they still choose not to fix the immigration system. And we still have a president who refuses to do his own job and force the laws of our country. 
So we're expecting, I guess, Monday there was 10,000 people that walked across the border and turned themselves into an agent. And Tuesday there was another 10,000 that walked across the border and turned themselves into an agent. And that, of course, doesn't include or doesn't account for the gotaways, the however many thousands of people that we saw but were unable to apprehend for whatever reason, probably because everybody was too busy doing paperwork on the 10,000 people that they just walked in. There's 190,000 sitting in Juarez, just across the river, just across the border, waiting until probably tomorrow after Title 42 expires. 190,000 people. The biggest influx the biggest single-day immigration this country has ever seen probably going to happen tomorrow. And less than 20% of these people will qualify for asylum, which they're all claiming asylum. They're all coming saying, asylum, asylum. And of the ones that might show up to court when they have their asylum hearing however many years from now, less than 20% of them will be granted asylum. This is a problem with our immigration system. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, my gut instinct says shut down all immigration and that anybody who's in the country illegally has you know 30 days to get out And after that 30 days, if you so much as get a jaywalking ticket, you're going to be deported. That's my gut instinct, but I don't know if that's the right one. I don't know if that's the answer. What's the naturalization process? How are these people, these thousands upon thousands of people, going to be made citizens. That's got to be the end game. See, if you come in legally and you get your green card for however long you have to have a green card and you study your butt off and you learn American history and values better than any American citizen and you pass the test and you swear the oath, that's a lot. See, if you're going to If you want to immigrate properly, it's going to cost a bunch of money, a lot of time, and then you got to study and test and swear an oath. But somewhere down the line, somebody's going to try to wave a magic wand and make all of these people citizens without going through that process, without paying to immigrate, without studying our history and our culture, probably without swearing that oath. That's a problem. Tom in Florida, line one. Welcome to the show, Tom. Yeah, hey, good day to you, Peter. Uh, we could talk about this for hours until we turn blue in the face. But uh, listen here, Peter. We got to do the same thing yeah, that David Dwight. We have to do what David Dwight Eisenhower did. 
we have to do Operation Wetback Number Two, supersize. You have to do Operation Wetback Number Two. Take every bus that you can get a hand or plane, whatever, and ship them back. Even Barry Sortero, Hussein Obama, was on record saying that anybody came out there into this country after January 1st of 2011 has got to go back to their country of origin and stand in line. You have to go to the Eisenhower plan, who was a five-star general who became the president. It was called Operation Wetback. That's the only way. And if I don't hear Donald Trump or none of these Republicans say that, I will never vote in another stinking election again because they're all criminal. They're all crooked and they're all filthy liars. These people don't care about our Constitution. They don't care about the Bill of Rights, and they don't damn well care about our Constitution. Okay? They're coming here for one thing. I I don't think any of them. Yeah, Peter. And listen, Peter, none of these women. Peter, listen, let me ask you a question, Peter. Let's look look at this logically. These illegals that are coming here, none of the women in any of those countries that are coming from ever owned a car. So the Democrats and demon rat rat think communist Marxist Bolsheviks are screaming Green New Deal, Green New Deal. Well, guess what? These illegals are coming here are going to consume like locusts. There's going to be nothing left for none of us. They, they'll take over gov- local governments, and they'll put their own people in power. Me and me don't speak English. Me don't want to speak English. We have lost this country from white buffoonery, from a bunch of licky, kissy, touchy-feely liberals. But the Jewish state of Israel would never allow that country to be invaded with a bunch of miles of by the millions. Would it? Peter? No, oh, hang on. Like, no. Oh, I've got to go. You go. Thank you very much for your call. It is time for commercial break. Be back in three minutes. Uh, JR in Georgia. Hold on. Be right back. Nobel Prize nominated for his COVID-19 treatment protocols, the late Dr. Zelenko created Z-Stack to help boost your immune system. And when you order Z-Stack, you're not only boosting your immune system, you're also supporting Freedom Fighters Foundation. So boost your immune system by going to ZStackLife.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. Be healthier. Support the Freedom Fighters Foundation. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at ZStackLife.com. The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must eat America back. Hey, welcome back to the top of the second hour of National Intel Report live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 50 Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network, and anywhere else you find the program. It is now 7 p.m. 
Eastern time on Thursday. What is that? May 11th. And I'm supposed to have a guest joining us, but he hasn't shown up yet. So we'll see how that goes. It's a good thing I have lots of notes of things I haven't gotten to, just in case he doesn't show up. But first, we got JR in Georgia, who was kind enough to wait on hold over the commercial break. Welcome to the show, JR. Uh, thank you for having me this evening. My pleasure. Not at the stroke of midnight, this country is going to change dramatically. It's already changed in the past 48 hours, if you believe some of the reports that are coming in from the border that's being reported by the War Room Bannon's website, because apparently there are no other networks down there covering this except maybe Fox. The thing we're facing here in this country, yes, sir? I was going to say, yeah, you're right. None of the, uh, you know, big companies, the big media companies, cover anything that might might make their god in the White House look bad. Fox no, covers big, it. The, the, I don't even think. The, I don't even think Fox does really gets into it. I mean, they they cover it a lot, but I don't think they get into how bad it really could be. Well, what we're facing is. This is this is the beginning, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the beginning of the demise of this country if this is actually executed this evening. Because I'm going to give you a little bit of information. Most of these people, 90% of them, that are crossing our borders this evening cannot read or write in their own language. Number two, we are about to enter into a national recession. The state of Georgia income tax revenues fell 16% for the month of April. Where are these people going to work? How many damn landscape companies do we have in this country to employ an individual who cannot speak English? How many rows of corn can they pick when they got machines picking the corn? Right. I mean, and let's, I saw a statistic recently. I don't remember the exact number, but I'm going to, I'm going to ballpark. I want to say it's somewhere around 2% of, of the illegal immigrants do field work, which is what everybody claims they're here for because they're going to do the jobs Americans won't do. Um, yeah, you, you know what? I got a butthead, I got a butthead congressman here in the state of Georgia, Johnson, who said Guam was going to turn upside down because there's too many damn people on the island. When is this country going to wake I, up, bro? Yeah, I remember him. I remember that was hilarious. I, you're the second caller that has brought that up to me at, while I'm on air. I need to get that sound bite because that is hilarious. And if you haven't. Congressman asked, too many people get on the island of Guam. Is it going to tip over? That's, oh, my God. We yeah. are in... You can't have a country are, without borders. I'm borders, sorry, language, and culture. No, it's all right. There's a delay between us. It happens. I understand. We, You cannot have a country without borders. The United States paid to build the wall around Israel. 
right now the United States is sending billions of dollars to the Ukraine, basically defending the Ukraine's border. Why is it that our government in our country will pay to defend borders around the world, but will not defend our own? Well, you know, that's almost a hypocritical type of statement because we often talk a time we talk a lot about these world global globalists. Mm-hmm. And you've got certain countries that actually do build walls around their country, but they're anti globalists, except for the case of Israel. You gotta remember this. Israel was one of the most hardcore COVID-19 vaccinated nations in the world, Israel. They were calling for third and fourth boosters long before any other countries in the world. And let me say this, where you want to look to and who may be doing it the right way, you may disagree with me, that's fine. But you you look at the countries of Hungary, Poland, 98% 98% white, Anglo-Saxon. They do not allow immigration from the Middle East or any other country. None. I'm not against. I'm not against immigration. I am against unvetted. Everybody and their brother come in. If you're willing, I don't care what color you are, what language you speak, whatever. If you're willing to come here and adopt the American way of life and learn English and fit into our society and support our society, welcome. Good to have you. My family came here in the 1900s, like 1912-ish. Yes, sir. I'm I'm a third-generation Italian-American. My family came here, and my great-grandparents immediately stopped speaking Italian. When they got here, they said, we're in America now, we speak English. And my great aunts and uncles and grandparents had to translate everything for my great grandparents because they were just too old to learn much English. That's how well, that it was, was back that was then. Something you, well, well, to say this, I'll say this. That was a part of your culture, your family history. That should not been disregarded. I respect that. Of the Italians, the Spanish, the Germans retain that natural language. I understand that, I, and I, I respect wish, it. I wish I could have. Uh, I wish they would have kept it, and I would have learned it. You know, passed down through the family as a second language. But but the fam. But my family came here, and they wanted to be American so bad that that was an outward sign that they could do to prove that they're not Italian anymore, they're Americans. Well, this is precisely why we had the 40-year suspension of immigration. Because this Mm -hmm. country recognized at that point in time in history, in the 1960s, that these immigrants were not assimilating. They were not becoming what we would identify as American. Thus grew into every culture, every community, every region. It's like here in metro Atlanta. There are certain streets you can drive down 
where every damn sign on the street is damn Korean, Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. They ain't the first damn sign in English. Oh, this country is buff foobar. And I hate to say this. It's going to take something greater than just voting to change it. I, I think we're at a tipping point, for sure. And I've taken, I think I've taken up enough of your time. I've displayed enough anger because I don't know what to expect when I wake up tomorrow morning and see the fiasco that is going on at this border. And this country, I don't know if we have the capability of recovering from what's about to happen to us over the summer of 2023. It is so stinking bad. And I don't know how many Americans have their heads shoved in the sand, being fooled by, oh, we just want to love other people. We're humanitarians. But you know what? God dropped me out of a woman who was born American. I wasn't dropped out of a woman born in Peru or Chile or Ecuador or El Salvador or Panama. I came out of an American woman. So I've got an attitude. That attitude is my rights were given to me by my Lord God in heaven. And I'm sick and tired of being told I'm a racist, a homophobe, a hater. No, brother. I didn't have a choice to be born into the world the way I was. But by right. the grace of God, I was born American. And not only that, a goddamn Confederate. I'm sick and tired of these sissies I don't know that. that populate this country. You know what? You done lost it. Now you're going to have to fight for it. We're going to see what you got. We're going to see what kind of spine you got. Because you're going to have to fight for it all, all over once again. We're going to see what you're made of. JR, you're starting to touch on topics that I was actually going to talk about next. So I think that's a good point for me to say goodbye and thank you for your call. I'm sorry to take up too much of your time. Thank you and God bless. You're fine. Love the passion. Call back anytime, JR. I greatly appreciate it. Before I move on to the next topics, we still have Andrea in Oklahoma on line one. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Yes. um, Yes. You're bringing the news. You're talking about topics so people can think about them. And and maybe they'll call their representatives. that are supposed to represent you as a citizen of your state in Washington and let them know how you feel. Um, I sent you uh, in your Lighthouse uh, message. It's Clint Richards was on RBN at a time, and he put together a documentary. And this documentary is very deep, and you really have to take some time to wrap your mind around it. But let's just, you know, it is, it is I guess, about a three-hour. If you have time, maybe on the weekend, I don't know. Um, if you could sit and watch it, it's uh, about our government taking our taxpayer money 
And when you buy into the stock market, be it Apple, be it uh, <clears throat> any and all of uh, 100% of all the stock market, because they have a lot of money, and they've been investing it for years upon years upon years. And it isn't just our government. It's every town, every police department, every little, you know, you name it. It's called the Corporation Nation. And with we're so highly invested. Uh, not only did he do this uh, with the Corporation Nation, there, uh, the pensions that people were denied, uh, evidently the corporations or the government bought those uh, pensions and has put money in it, and it has grown that money. So in, in the last moments of the Corporation Nation, he indicates how many trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars this government has that's hidden in accounts that could pay off our debt, maybe five times foe. I mean, it's just, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really hard to wrap your, your mind around it. <clears throat> and well, the, like the I last said, thing is, Somebody, you're breaking up. What? I was say, uh, like I said earlier in the show, un unless we start using precious metals again, our money is worthless. It doesn't matter who has how much where. Like it. Yeah. What it uh, is, the thing is, when you've lost everything, if in our government and Biden has thrown it in our face. Whenever they've limited the farmers, uh, what they're producing out there, cattle, pigs, chickens, and then they're burning up those plants and going out and saying, oh, there's a disease there, and then killing all these chickens and cows and pigs and stuff. Yeah, that, that, when it gets to where it's nothing and, and you can't get gas and, and, and it, it gets so dark, when you don't care, it's like this is the French Revolution. When you have nothing, right? Did you eventually you will build guillotines and you will make the attempt to do something. But it's a shame that it has to wait to that point um, because, and they do have weapons. But France right now is getting all upset just because they've cut back their uh, retirement to. They can't retire at 65 and start getting a pension. But, yeah, it's when it gets so bad, we will stand up and be together. Um, you know, at this point, with the vaccine being so deadly and it is killing so many people, we've had genocide right now that a lot of people still aren't willing to look at. Uh, it, it's got to hit us at all points to where we have nothing before we rise up and we will rise up and and we will do something at some point otherwise we'll die and what's worse watching somebody die a slow death or somebody it goes you know just like that i don't it's know like, the latest the latest control the latest epa rule the biden administration environmental protection agency rule i think it just came out today it could have been yesterday about cutting the carbon dioxide emissions of coal-fired electricity plants to an insane level 
that most of them won't be able to comply with, and most of them will end up having to shut down. Yeah, so, what would people do with at, like at the same time? At the same time, this White House is shoving electric everything down your throat. Electric yeah. stoves, not gas stoves. Electric cars, not gas cars. Electric heat, not natural gas heat. Electric everything. At the same time that they're shoving electric everything down our throats, they're going to make it so that many of the electric generation stations in our country are going to be forced to shut down and and therefore make the the cost of electricity go through the roof. Yeah, at but, the exact but same time. There, there are people that are trying to sabotage those grids. Now, let's just say, okay, they are. Then what? There's no electricity for nothing. I mean, if they do yep. a real good job on it, we're going to go without electricity. And really, electricity is not your friend. It, it, when you start so, surrounding yourself with that much electricity, you're looking at leukemia. Your body puts out a certain amount of electricity, and it's going to mess up your own electrical positive or negative to it. It's not good for you. I mean, these people, uh, when I work for the Postal Service, the, these some of these uh, places where they have these grids... When the post met, uh, would reach across from his uh, vehicle that he was in and trying to open the mailbox, well, you're a mailman, uh, and here in Oklahoma, and it was a Mustang, Oklahoma, um, <clears throat> he would get, it would arc. He would get an arc because the, 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 the electricity uh, plant thing right there was, just too powerful, and all the people in that neighborhood came down with leukemia. Uh, and and all these cell towers are extremely dangerous, and they're putting them right next to fire departments with all those young firemen in there. I mean, they should be, you know, a huge distance away because anytime you have a cell phone, that cell phone's going to, it's a receiver. It's Timesing all the all the that energy that's from that tower is absolutely getting you. I mean, it is zapping you so bad. It's so dangerous. So you know, it's coming. They're coming at us whenever it's electric. They're going to kill us one way or the other. And I did go out and buy this book. It's called The Invisible Rainbow, and it is about all the deaths that electricity causes. And as we, I guess, go. I mean, I think you had a guest on there was talking about uh, how bad electricity was and how dangerous it was. But anyhow, uh, yeah, Europe has kind of scaled back on how intense that they can send that um, energy into your your phone. So anyhow, they're they're getting us at every which way that we can possibly we imagine and and ones that we don't even imagine so um i thank you for your your time and i hope i haven't been too uh harsh but anyhow, <laughs> you're thank fine you. thank you very much call him back anytime Bye. moving on we got jerry in chicago on line three but first i want to remind you about right to bear insurance if you own a firearm go to protectwithbear.com to get the most affordable uh, carry insurance on the market, 
Use code Lighthouse while you're there, and I'll save you 10% on the already most affordable carry insurance on the market. So that's right to bear insurance at protectwithbear.com. Jerry in Chicago, line three. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Well, thank you very much for taking my call. The last caller, I just wanted to correct her on a couple of things. Corporation Nation was Clint Richardson's show name back in the day. And what she was talking about was something called a CAPR, Comprehensive Annual Financial Report. Now, I went up to my local uh, uh, town, and I went to the, uh, the, the, the office there, and I says, I'd like to see a copy of the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report. And the girl behind the counter had the most evil stare at me. And then she turned to her supervisor, and supervisor now comes to the window and explains that I have to get it from the county. I said, well, yeah, yeah. so you have one. I'd like to see it. it Okay. And she's right. They have investments and everything else like that. And I've been saying something else for, for years, and that is it costs about... 60 grand, 70 grand, well, maybe a little more than that, to get a SUV, brand new, set up for police. Okay? You're probably going to pay somebody about $125,000, $140,000 a year to go out there and write tickets at maybe the tune of 12 tickets a, a session at 100 bucks a piece. You're bringing in $1,200 per shift, per cop. Now, our town... Uh, well, I, I grew up here. Oh, I was born here. Okay. They had two police cars until I was 14 years old. Then they got a third police car. The population of the town back then was approximately 6,700 people. Okay. Right now, the population is right around 3,100 people. They've got 11 police cars. The town is a half mile by one mile in size, and it's called Hometown Illinois, and if you ever dare to look it up, you have to use a magnifying glass because you're like, holy crap, that is a real small town. Why did, the, why did, why did they go grow? Oh, geez, that's, that's three, four, four hundred percent. Why did their police station grow? Four, and the crime didn't go up. You brought up something interesting from from my own memory about my little town. And I'd love to hear somebody else's take on this. So my little town is about five square miles. And it's, all right, so, you know, different types of town. It's a borough, which is the oldest classification of town in Pennsylvania. It's five square miles. And if you look around the state and you find another roughly five square mile borough, with roughly the same population, well, you come with, uh, I think it's Clearfield is the next comparable one. So I'm in Belfont, and there's a Clearfield. We have probably twice the police force they have. But we also have a much lower crime rate. So which came first? Do we have a lower crime rate because we have the bigger police force? Or... Was there some other cause? Right. Yes, it's gonna have to wait for that because it's break time. Be back in three minutes, my friends.
you live stream, I want you to check out Restream. Restream is how this broadcast is being simultaneously sent to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, DLive, and Rumble. Not only that, but your guests can also pair their video platforms with your broadcast and have your broadcast on your platforms and their platforms all at the same time. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com slash restream, and I'll save you $10 off for the premium service that I know you're going to want. That's liberty-lighthouse.com slash restream. Welcome back. I'm Peter Serafine. It's the final segment of tonight's show. We got 30 minutes left. And Jerry, the last caller, has one more question. Go ahead, Jerry. Oh, I'm sorry. You mentioned something about uh, crime. What would you define crime as? Well, to me, it's not really a crime unless it's a violent crime. Or that's not a true. I don't know. There's there's a lot of BS process crimes where there's no victim. I, I don't consider victimless crime to really be crime. Um, I, I just there's a drug problem and other other issues in that other town that I mentioned. Uh, you know, robbery, assault type stuff. Uh, here in my town, like it's 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 got to be one of the safest places in the country. Like I, you never hear of anything going on here. Okay, but they consider crime as a rolling stop. Um, you know, maybe two miles an hour over the speed limit at three o'clock in the morning when nobody's or you're totally sober going to work or coming home from work. Um, that's why they None have those cops. That's why they're writing those revenue tickets. Yeah, and that's a problem. They shouldn't. I mean, the police are you know their oath, their their pledge is to protect and serve. And uh, when they get that nitpicky, they're not protecting or serving. Okay, and I'm going to give you something that I've been saying since 1984 when my brother joined the police department. They serve their own interests and they protect each other's ass. And that's it. With that, hey, man, you have a great... Thanks for your call, Jerry. Thank you very much. (laughs) Oh, man. Lynn in Maryland, line five. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Bless your heart. Thank you very much. And we can thank God that it gave me enough time to calm down. Um, I say, he said to Mike, pray. I don't, I don't lose it. Um, and I won't. I won't. Don't worry. Um, Remember, you, we I are broadcasting. Let's go with a couple facts because i got a couple things that I want to share. But when it comes to North America, the continent, right? Uh-huh. Do you know we are only 8% of the world population? Eight percent. Now, not the United States. In the United States, we're actually the second largest country. But do you know in North America what the largest metropolitan city area is? Mexico City? Yes. And it's bigger than New York. There are more Mm -hmm. people there. Now, I understand we have this immigration problem. I get it. But you know what, people? There are not a whole lot of us. And they're not a whole lot of us. You can take up all the guns you want. It might keep people from stealing your food and raping your wife. But when it comes to the weapons, the powers that be have, and they are a bunch of bumblers, let me tell you, they've got weapons we can't fight. And we need to yeah. remember that. 
But anytime I hear that argument, James Banford. Our government is not doing well. When? Hold on a second. Anytime I hear that argument that you can't stand up against the government, they have you know all the weapons. I didn't say that. That's not what I said. I talked about weapons. Yeah. Believe me, I was on the phone with Capitol Hill all day yesterday, and my first call before 8 o'clock this morning, or about 8.30, I guess it was, was to my senator uh, this morning, okay? And it had to do with Shireen, because today is the anniversary of her murder in Israel. She was an American citizen, and that was a direct hit. And Israel is nothing but a terrorist state, and that's how I feel about Israel. Um. But, but, there are other things. Saturday night on Ingrid's show, the lady who brought up the thing about, uh, you know, technology, everybody, everybody should listen to the archive of that program if you're on the Internet and you have access to it. Everybody should listen to it. It's vital. It will explain um, about the strength of, of your phone because and how you can fight it and is this the only way you can fight it and paul was on there his website is wireamerica.org wireamerica.org has all the information you need to know because we don't need to be getting beamed with all of this frequency it's only meant and the and the communication act that's, that covers that is only enough strength to power a cell phone to Talk on the phone, not for streaming, not for everything else outdoors, just your cell phone so we can fight that. And the other thing is in Maryland we can give our FBI agents, because there are some good FBI agents. I mean, I actually personally know one who's fantastic, but there was actually a plot to attack several of our electric, you know, those electric stations, and they caught them before it happened. So yeah, I there's definitely an attack going on. There's you know, definitely people attacking the electric grid. We need to be engaged because we matter. But I have something else I want to say because I heard something last night on the National Intel Report. You know, and I understand people may not like Biden just the same way. You know, I don't care for Donald Trump, just FYI. But when somebody says, oh, good, he's going to be back in office and then we'll have our furor and everything will be fine. I don't want a friggin' furor. No. You know, I don't want to live with a tyrant running our country. Now, this is bad enough, and it's been bad enough for years, and we need to straighten it up because this is about we, the people. We're the people with the, with the power here, and we need to remember that. And, yes, we need to make a phone call at least once a day. You need to call somebody on Capitol Hill. And just like with you, remember when you talked about the people that were in the D.C. jail? Remember, there was a front-page article about that on the metro section of the Post within a week of you talking about it. Now, that didn't happen awesome. by accident. That happened because a phone call was made. And it was made and to the I, Washington Post. I don't, I don't know if I, I must, I, I don't know how you're watching or listening, but if, if you are watching the video, I have the switchboard phone numbers to the U.S. House of Representatives on the screen, or I did put it back up. Uh, the switchboard for the U.S. House of Representatives. Can you say it for people it's who are listening? 202-224-3121. 202-224-3121. 
and you can look up your member of the house through there and and leave them a message. The That's the will be easiest. Happy to tell you who that person is and give you a phone number, but you can call anybody, not just your senators and and representative. You can call all of them. Okay, right. thank That's, you so much. And that much. is the easiest thing that we can do to uh, to to be active in our government. You know, me sitting here talking, you know, it only affects the thousand or so that are out there listening. And many of you don't like me. And many of you think I'm an idiot. So of that thousand, let's say, you know, 500 or left that might be swayed in one way or another. But if all of you would just call your representatives, that's a start. That's something that we can do. It's, it's free or at least cheap. If you, if you don't have like, you know, free calling, it's still cheap and we can all do it. And Peter, I wouldn't put a whole lot that because actually it's because of you that that article was on the front page of the Metro section of the Washington Post. If you hadn't done your show about the people in the D.C. jail, the, the prayer vigil picture and the picture of Babbitt's mother and all the people outside the D.C. jail that night, that would have not made the above-the-fold story in the Metro section. That was you, because I wouldn't have made the phone call without you bringing it up. Well, thank you. You're that's, welcome. Thank that's you. And one of the biggest compliments. And get away from your technology. Please, God, get away from your technology. Read the battle for your brain, but take it the opposite of what the woman's telling you to do. <laughs> thank you very much, Peter. Thank you very much for your phone call. Always appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> and thanks for calling the post about my... Uh, coverage for the dc jail people that was really sweet anyway last little commercial break i'm going to give you i i you know i want your support too i want you to support the networks and everything you can support me by going to my website liberty-lighthouse.com and if you go to the shop page click the shop button or liberty-lighthouse.com slash shop i got some really cool t-shirts and bumper stickers and mugs and glasses and stuff you know i i usually sit here and have a whiskey while i'm recording the show and you can get a a whiskey glass and have your whiskey with me and uh put my logo on it and that'd make me feel good every little bit helps greatly appreciate it liberty-lighthouse.com and while you're there please check out on the blog page my new declaration of we the people to our federal government Liberty Lighthouse, what talk radio should be. Okay, so the other conversation piece that I was planning on talking about, if I if I had time, was the whole slippery slope argument. Mission creep, slippery slope, however you want to phrase that. See, we on the right, you know, we, we said back when, you know, gay marriage was a slippery slope, you know, what's next? And, and everybody on the left said that we were crazy. But what was next? Now you got men putting on dresses and competing against women in, women in sports. Oh, well, those things aren't related. Yes, they are. They're clearly related to anybody with a brain. You can, you can follow the line, right? You, got, you, you started out with the, a, le, a gay and lesbian community. And then they expanded to include the bisexuals and became the LGB community. And then they, you know, LGBTQ 
community because they wanted to add the questioning people and the, the transitioning people and I don't in intersex people now and I don't even know what the last two A's are and the two plus so it's really hard for anybody to say that they're not related when you watch the progression of the letters added to the LGBTQIAA plus whatever community. They're clearly related, and you, you can see it through time. But how did it start? It started with society allowing gay marriage, and then the Supreme Court allowing gay marriage, and then everybody saying, oh, that's a slippery slope. Well, everybody on our side of the political aisle saying that's a slippery slope, and then, of course, it clearly was. Another one that's been in the news a lot lately because of recent events is the abortion slippery slope. So let's go back to Roe v. Wade, right? 1973, I think it was. Roe v. Wade was a Supreme Court case where the Supreme Court decided women women can have abortions legally, but it set up a trimester system and said that moving from first trimester to second to third trimester, government had more interest in whether or not the abortion could be done legally. So in the first trimester, government really had nothing to say about it. Zero, all up to the woman. In the second trimester, eh, government, well, government's got a little bit more influence now. And then by the third trimester, supposedly government was like, nope, we're, it's our choice now. So that was the system that was set up by Roe v. Wade. And abortion was supposed to be safe, rare, and legal. That was the argument made by the abortion people. So what was the slippery slope to that? Well, here it is 50 years later. Abortions aren't rare. The trimester system is completely gone, and some of these states want to allow people to abort their unborn child up to and even after birth. So there's the slippery slope. Over the course of 50 years, we went from safe, rare, and legal and pretty much only in that first trimester to anytime we want, whenever we want, however we want, for whatever reason we want. It starts, the same things happened with you know the trans agenda. Prior to President Obama and his transgendered bathroom edict, Less than one half of one percent of people in our country identified as transgender. Obama. That was what? Eight, ten years ago? Now we've got men 
putting on skirts and competing against women. We've got men advertising women's athletic wear. We've got men taking jobs, trophies, awards from women in the name of the transgender agenda. See, the slippery slope argument, the mission creep, if you will, but it applies to almost everything government does, which is why we had a constitution that was set up to limit government to only do certain things so that this would never be a problem. But of course, men are corruptible. And men, when they get together to form a government, almost always becomes a corrupt government. And they find ways around these things. Gun control is quite possibly one of the easiest slippery slope mission creep arguments to make. I was hoping to have this conversation with Mr. Scott Thompson, but Again, he's not feeling well, so he didn't join us tonight. In the 1920s or 30s, whenever it was, when the, the first Gun Control Act of the United States Congress. See, the first acts, the first laws by Congress, you might even say were probably a good idea. Maybe, I mean, there's an argument to be made. I don't agree with them, but there's an argument to be made that maybe the general public shouldn't be able to go out and buy a Thompson 45 caliber fully automatic gun. Maybe there's an argument to be made there. I disagree, but I'm at least capable of seeing the argument. Delivery by mail, I think it was 1963, when the laws passed, and they said, you know what? No, we can't let you buy a gun from a catalog and have it delivered to your house by the U.S. mail. All right. Maybe that was a good idea. I Honestly, I agree with that one. I mean, unless they're going to pay for the adult signature verification, blah, 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 blah. Maybe that was a good idea. But then, why should I need a permit to conceal carry a firearm? Second Amendment to the United States Constitution says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Okay, to keep. All right, so I own a gun. I have a gun. I keep a gun. To bear arms means I need to have it with me. So how is a permit not an infringement? Same with a, a background check. Again, I'm not saying I just, you know, 
background checks, they don't bother me. I can pass them. They don't bother me at all. But how can you say that, that a background check is not an infringement or a waiting period? How is a waiting period not an infringement or a permit at all? I mean, some states require you to have a permit before you can buy a firearm. All of those things, by definition, are infringements. But all of those things have been allowed to stand. Because our court apparently doesn't have a spine. I, I say this all the time. The U.S. Constitution was written in a way that you and I can understand. Fifty-five people signed the U.S. Constitution, and over half of them were lawyers. But they chose not to fill the Constitution with legalese. They kept it simple for we the people to understand. Because we the people had to ratify it. Remember, the Constitution was ratified by conventions in the 13 colonies, not by the legislatures of the 13 colonies. So it was written for us. So if the Second Amendment says the right of the people shall, to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, uh, almost every gun law on the books is an infringement by definition. Should some of those gun laws exist? I'm, absolutely. But that's directly contrary to the Constitution. So how do we fix that? Well, there's an amendment process for that. Oh, but we can't touch that. Nobody wants to amend the Second Amendment. That's how the slippery slope is allowed to exist in the case of the Second Amendment. The Department of Education is another great example of mission creep, slippery slope nonsense. The Department of Education first created in 1865, I think. 1867, maybe? Anyway, the original Department of Education in the 1860s was set up to basically judge where the education system was in each state post-Civil War. It was just a report. They were just supposed to gather information so that we knew where it was all going where education was working, it was where it wasn't. But now, now the Department of Education provides funding, student loans, nutrition guidelines, tuition rules. Uh, it's all there. All controlled by an unconstitutional Department of Education. Francis in North Carolina, welcome to the show, my dear. Oh, boy. Hey, young man. Um, you realize why they have to have a uh, permit for a, a concealed uh, carry or whatever, and it's not just because of, what was the other thing? A, um, uh, 
I don't remember what the other part of that uh, whole thing was about carrying a concealed per, uh, permit. There was another part to that that you mentioned. Some states require a permit just to buy a gun. Okay. Well, for one, you realize what that's for, right? They have I understand. To make, I don't understand make, how it's legal. Well, they have to make money off of that purchase. Even though you made your purchase, they have to make money off of that. So basically, they're acting like a... Um, Oh, what's it called? Um, King George. Uh, what? They're acting what? like King George. Well, you could say that. I was thinking more of a uh, loan sharking. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, get my cut. <gasps> get that's it. That, ooh, that's the federal obvious. government is the big guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they gotta get their cut out of what you paid for and got. So that way they're slap happy, but yeah, they're still going to hit you with who knows what down the road uh, to say that, oh, this is not legal. We need to revoke your permit. Uh, excuse me. But, you know. But I, 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 what's a permit? A permit is legal authorization to do something that is otherwise illegal, just like a license. Right? Okay, now you went to another area. What but, I don't co- what I don't comprehend, mind you, is that for someone who, for example, analogy, is someone who is learning how to drive and they have a permit to start learning how to exercise their driving out on the road. Because you're using a vehicle. And if you're not using it properly, then you can cause harm not only to yourself but someone else. By the same token, you uh, you get to that, then you end up getting your uh, finally get your license. But what is really the purpose of that? On top of that, whereas when you say about a permit for a concealed carry for a firearm, that's an oxymoron. Well, I mean, let's, yeah, right. <laughs> it really is. The whole idea of it being concealed is nobody knows you have it, but I have to tell the government you know, that I have it. Anyway. It, it, makes, it makes no common sense. Logically speaking. I want to look at it like, I don't, I, I really don't care. I'll, I'll argue this point with, with the most gun-grabbing lefty out there. <laughs> you have to admit that almost every gun law on the books is an infringement by definition and therefore therefore unconstitutional. Yeah. We've we've allowed them to stand. Many of them are probably a good idea. Probably should have such laws, but just because we should have this law doesn't mean that it's legal. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a funny analogy, not going to let you fly, is that whenever I'm out in public and I see that someone uh, happens to be uh, carrying on them, uh, whether it's a, a regular civilian or someone who works for a, um, uh, a bank, uh, what do you call it, Moon Fargo or who knows what banking uh, cartel there is, I will go and try to be close as I can to that party and they ask me what, what's going on with you. I said, I'm staying close to you because you're you're guarded. I don't have to worry about someone coming up and doing a number on me because at least you're armed. You know, I don't have to sweat it. Of course, they might find that rather ironically humorous, but you know what? They have the firearm. I don't. I'm good and guarded. And if someone wants to be stupid around me, then they pick the wrong party. So, well, I, go figure. I rarely leave my house without a firearm, except for when I'm working because the post office won't let me carry but I, I rarely leave without one. 
But I recognize that firearms make some people uncomfortable. Because I'm a Pennsylvania State Constable, I have a badge. So yeah. if I'm not if I'm not wearing a jacket or something that will cover my firearm, I usually hang my badge off of my belt right in front of the firearm because mm. seeing the gun and the badge combo makes most people feel a little better about it. But yeah. it's I don't yeah. I it feel might, bad it might be it, it might be that they have psychological or emotional issues about seeing a firearm because most of the time they ever see or hear of such. What? Uh, it's probably because someone is being naughty and using it in an improper fashion. And with that, have a great weekend. Play hard. You too. Thanks for your call. Hey, if you're listening on live on uh, Republic Broadcasting Network, stay tuned for Edge of Darkness with Jeffrey Bennett. Thanks to Mike, my producer. Couldn't do the show without you, Mike. Thank you for the listeners and callers. You're why we do this show. Until next week, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. It's the least we can do for the red, white, and blue. We must take America back. We must take Mike Lindell did it again with MyStore.com. MyStore.com is where you can go to find American-made products from American companies started by American entrepreneurs. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyStore.com to support Mike Lindell, American entrepreneurs, and this program. That code again is LIGHTHOUSE at MyStore.com.